0: So I have two children and both times when I was pregnant, even though I knew that they were with us, I had to wait an awfully long time before I could actually see them in the flesh. And I put it to you that ever since God said, let there be light, way back in Genesis 1, the whole Old Testament of the Bible has been pregnant with the expectation of the birth of Jesus. He is God with us, the light in the darkness. And I want to suggest to you that God with us is the child, the king, and the spirit, kind of like a nightlight. You know, the kind that you put in a baby's room when they're crying and you want to make them feel safe? Well, I believe that this is God turning on the light so that we can see him, our light in our darkness, like a constant presence or a warm glow in your life. At least that's what he's been for me and I'm sure there are countless of you that would share the same thoughts. I saw an advertisement this week about lights and it said, by the way this is a dad joke so just bear with me, mums can do them too. That's the funny thing about lamps, they're very enlightening But I thought actually, that's what Jesus does. He enlightens us about our situation and how we've become separated from God, and He becomes our light in the dark times. And haven't we all seen dark times these last couple of years? But I'm not just talking about that, I'm talking about a darkness over humanity. You might say, hang on a minute, Cindy, I'm not in the dark. Well, this guy here, by the name of Carl Jung, he was a uh, Swiss psychologist, psychoanalyst, he says, as far as we can discern, the sole purpose of the human existence is to kindle a light in the darkness of mere being. I've been sitting with that for a week, I still don't understand it. But he would say, actually, that's true. And I don't know where he sits in his religious persuasion. But you see, as people search for the light... What we find is that darkness seems to be the human condition without God, because you only really know that you're in the darkness when the light finally comes. Jesus said, "I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never be in darkness." You see, that's why He came. Last week, last Friday in fact, I was walking through the lounge room and Rodney was flicking through the channels on the TV, which drives me nuts, (laughs) and there was the story of the Desolation of Smog from the Tolkien series, The Lord of the Rings. And there was a fight going on between um, Gandalf, who we'll say represents the light, and Sauron, who represents a dark force. And this picture of the two of them um, fighting it out, having this battle, there was this dark mist coming from Sauron that kind of flipped Gandalf over into the back of the cliff as he's holding up this, this massive staff. And this dark voice Sauron says, there is no light wizard that the darkness cannot overcome. And I thought, actually that's not true. I mean, the story is fictional, but in reality, Jesus is the lifelight that has blazed out of the darkness and the darkness has not and cannot put it out. I want to unpack this today from our... From our reading, and if you've got your phones, you can use your U version app. But I want to pick it up from Matthew 1:18, and I don't want to read out everything just to save time today because there's a lot in this. But I want you to notice from the start the birth of Jesus Messiah took place. Do you see that right from the get-go? This story is about Jesus. Matthew, the author, is saying, "Look, he's the Messiah." You might say, "Well, what's the Messiah?" The Messiah basically just means the anointed one. It's the Hebrew word for Christ. And you see, only kings or priests could be anointed. So there's a bit of a clue here as to what his role is going to be. But this next line, the bit about Mary turning out to be pregnant with the Holy Spirit, let's make no mistake about this. This is one of the greatest theological statements of the entire Bible and I'll tell you why because God came to be with us through a child and this child is not just any child this child has a divine origin and back in the day of Mary and Joseph the Greek gods well people thought that they would come down and have physical relations with people so that they actually came together But not this God. This God is using his creative and gentle power not just to have some fun, but for salvation purposes. I want you to hear this. Jesus was fully human, born of Mary, but fully God. You might say, how is that possible? Well, isn't it just a mystery? And I think the more we try and figure it out, the more we're just going to go, how on earth does that work? You might have heard it as the Immaculate Conception. And even just after Jesus' day, there were these people walking around. They were called docetists. And they actually believed that Jesus only appeared to be human. He was walking around like a phantom. So if you would touch him, it was just an image, like a hologram. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you think about that, but that just doesn't sit right with me. And just because we don't understand the mystery doesn't mean that it is not true. It took 400 years for all the church and Christian theologians to figure out what this state of Jesus was, this fully human, fully God man. It's a two-ness in a oneness, and we need both. I'll tell you Why? Jesus had to be human because it was the human nature that sinned way back in Eden. Jesus had to be God because only the sinless can pay the price for sin. This might be doing your head in right now, but it's important that you understand that Jesus was God and Jesus was man, all wrapped up in a child you might say, well, what, what, what even is sin? And why, do, why is that important for me to understand? Well, it's like the dark force with Gandalf. Sin is something that is like a binding authority of human beings. It kind of makes us dysfunctional and self-sabotaging. Sin is like a spiritual lockdown. And don't we all understand what lockdowns are about and the darkness that that can bring? It's like my dog, Rufus, who likes to chase skinks. No matter how hard I try and stop him, it's in his nature. He just wants to chase those skinks and preferably catch them before they drop their tails and run away. Years ago, I was fearful of so many things. Spiders, people, what people thought of me, burglars, even events. So much so that I would get stomach aches even end up in hospital and be sick for a week if there was something that I felt anxious about that was coming up. No matter what I did, I could not fix that feeling of fear. And I was a Jesus follower, but I couldn't shake this thing. Perhaps you know what I'm talking about. Someone suggested I go and get some prayer ministry, some prayer, to see if that would help. And I tell you, it was life-changing. Now, I don't know if you believe in evil spirits, but Jesus dealt with them a lot in the Bible's when he, in the Bible when he grew up. He had authority over them in such a way that people were set free from their darkness just by encountering him. And that happened to me with the fear. Jesus set me free in a single night. His light shone into a dark place that I had no control over. The following day, I remember thinking the sun was brighter and that the sky was clearer. There's a song called Tremble that I like to listen to, and the lyrics are, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. You silence fear. Your name is a light that shadows can't deny. And your name cannot be overcome. Jesus had no earthly father. You might say, well, what about Joseph? Well, yes, Joseph was there, but I want to tell you something that you may never have thought of before. See, when Joseph and Mary were pledged to be married, he was already legally responsible for her. It's not like one of our Western modern-day engagements. They were already married but she was living at her father's house and they hadn't come together yet. But because he was a good man he wanted to save her from public stoning and shaming. And this is what I want to show you about when God intervened with a dream. You see, actually I just want to stop there and go back for a second. When... I don't want to lose my train of thought. Just give me a moment. I'll start from here. You might wonder why that son of David part is in there. Well, this whole story is actually about fulfillment. It's about this Messiah, this anointed one, whom God promised that would come from King David way back before the 8th century B.C., Now this is the bit I wanted to share with you. By Joseph staying with Mary, Jesus actually becomes the legal son of Joseph who is from the line of David. So a promise that was given pre-8th century BC is fulfilled through Joseph by staying with Mary. And if you look closely... You can see that the Holy Spirit is so involved with this that it affirms that this is God's action. Mary and Joseph are passive but very willing participants in this story. The angel says, don't be afraid to get married to Mary. The child she is carrying is from the Holy Spirit. She's going to have a son and you are to name him Jesus. I think that's beautiful that the angel says, this is the name of this child. The ancient rabbis used to believe that the Messiah was already named before creation. And here, he is called Jesus, which is really just the Hebrew word for Joshua, God saves. So if you know any Joshuas, from now on when you look at them, you might look at them differently. You see, names in the Bible showed a person's character and they showed a person's destiny. So Jesus already had his job description at conception. Even though the Jewish people thought that this Messiah was going to save them from Rome and the tyranny of Rome, actually in Greek this word sozo, save, it means to save someone from danger, disease or death. He's supposed to save people from the death that sin brings, the alienation of God and people. And when it says that he's going to save his people from his sins, that doesn't just mean the Jewish race. It means anyone who puts their hand up to follow Jesus will be saved from being separated from God. That's God with us. And I wonder if it's God with you. The angel says that this word comes as a fulfillment. And it says that they shall give him the name Emmanuel. So it's not just Jesus. This child's going to have another name. And I want to show you that in the Hebrew, only because I've been studying this and it's really exciting, it actually is not one word like Cindy or Troy or Freya. It's actually three parts together. And I'll show you how this works. The first part, which is on your left, is im, which means with. Then nu, which means us. Those two words are together in the Hebrew Bible. But then that last word, eol, which means God, is a word all on its own. In other words, with us is God. So God stands apart. He has come in to be with us. And I just want to give you a little bit of a context there because that prophecy That was given to a man or a king called King Ahaz in the 8th century. He was promised a royal son as a sign that God would be with him because he feared the government of the day. He was being forced into a coalition, if you like, against this kind of powerhouse kingdom called Assyria. But the future application was going to be for this Messiah, for Jesus, a promised royal son, a new kingdom. And you might wonder, well, how do we know it's Jesus? Well, I'd like to show you how this prophecy shows that Jesus is a king. In Isaiah 9, which is just a little bit further, and Lindy actually said it in her drama as well, there are these words, look at these adjectives at the bottom there, wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This counsellor would not just have human wisdom, And this mighty God actually means a victory God, strength to save. I was telling Rodney, my husband, about this in the kitchen the other day and I said, isn't it amazing how the government's on his shoulders? And Rodney looks at me and he says, I've never understood that. I just don't understand how a whole government can be on someone's shoulders. So, of course, that flipped me into research mode. So I went to research why on earth it means what it means. And there are two things One, the word for on the shoulders in the Hebrew actually means the back of the neck and the top of the shoulders where you would display a public symbol of authority or honour like a king. And secondly, it means that he shoulders the responsibility of establishing a government that is just and good and true. See, this child is a king with a kingdom, a new kingdom. And don't you think this is what the world needs right now? You know, it's been a long, dark two years for many of us with all our lockdowns. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but people are divided about our government. People are divided about the Victorian government, the Australian government, the governments of the world. And it's been hard. I don't know if you've had it in your conversations with people, but I have. I realise that there are multiple ways of viewing what the government has done with lockdowns and is it good or is it bad? But do you see this? This child, King Jesus, shines the highest authority because he is God-man. He governs the whole world, even sin and death. This is the new world order. And isn't that good news? There is no end to the government of justice that he brings to this world when he shines his light. I want you to catch this. I'm going to read it twice. Jesus is the dawn of this new age called the kingdom of God. And he's the king of it. Jesus is the dawn of this new age with a new kingdom and he's the king of it and he operates by a different order. Last year when I was writing an essay, I had to write about this idea of a kingdom transfer When somebody says yes to following Jesus, they step out of what is called the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. It's like if you're playing sport, let's say basketball, and you have a uniform and you're playing for this team, and you decide, I don't want to play for that team anymore, I want to play for this team. You hand the uniform back and you get the new uniform and you play for the new team. You see, if you follow Jesus, then this kingdom of light is your kingdom too. And that's how he is God with us. No one's going to knock him off his throne. And he's above the systems of the world. He was above the system of Assyria in the 8th century. He's above the system of Rome when Mary and Joseph were alive. And he is above the system of our governments today. Because let's be honest, governments come and go. Governments will do what they will do. But Jesus says, I'm going to be with you until the very end of the age. That's how he's going to be our light in the night. Perhaps you need to hear that today. The king and his kingdom of light is God with us. And he's going to do that by his spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is now the presence of Jesus, this child king, on earth. You see, after Jesus, when he grows up, He raises himself from the dead. And because of that, when he goes back to heaven, the Holy Spirit gets poured out. Kind of like passing the torch on. Jesus passing the torch on to the Holy Spirit to bring his light that he brought to the world to continue into our day and age. You know, in the dictionary, that idea of passing the torch really talks about giving one's job or duties to the next person, to the successor. And while Jesus finished his work on earth in bringing light from darkness, the Holy Spirit continues it today. Florence Nightingale was a nurse in the 1850s who gained the nickname, The Lady with a Lamp, during her work in the Crimean War. And the Times reported that at night she would walk among the beds, Checking on the wounded men holding a light in her hand. And I think that that's what Jesus does with the light of the Holy Spirit. He is our gentle night light on the earth today. He is God with us through his spirit in dark times. He also lights the flame within us so that we might be that light to others You see, there is no greater blessing that can be conceived than for God to be with his people today. This was prophesied in Ezekiel way back in the Old Testament when God said, I'm going to put my spirit in you so that we can all have access to him. God with us in the spirit on the inside is not just for the special people or the super Christians. He is for everyone. That's how he's God with us. You see, he holds out the light of Christ. The Holy Spirit reminds us that Jesus has actually dealt with that dark force of sin. But he also sits with us and he seeks us out in our everyday comings and goings. If you have said yes to Jesus and to following him, then the spirit of Jesus is in you. He is God with us as the child, as the king, and as the spirit. So what do we do with all this information? You see, God with us means that he doesn't just want us to stay in the dark. And I really only have two questions for you today, and I might ask the band to come up and and just play before we move into this but two questions with three little practical applications for you and my first question is this do you want Jesus to be with you in your darkness as the light because he is God with us but he wants to be God with you this is an individual response God has made Jesus the light of the world available to all of us the question is for you today do you want to be a part of his light and his kingdom you see you have to turn on the light if you want to shift the darkness and maybe today this is the first time that you might say yes or you might just incline yourself to saying I do want that light second question Will you allow Jesus, the light of the world, to reshape your life and to let the light in in all of your dark places? C.S. Lewis once wrote this. He said, Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. And at first, perhaps you can understand what he is doing. He's getting the drains right. He's stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. And you knew that those jobs needed doing. And so you're not really very surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The the explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers making courtyards you thought you were being made into a decent little cottage but he is building a palace and he intends to come and live in it himself so there are three things that you might want to do invite Jesus to be with you As your nightlight. If that's you, I encourage you to believe that God with us is the child, the king, and the spirit. Say it. Tell somebody that you're interested in following Him and step into the light, maybe for the first time or maybe again. Secondly, name some areas in your life that He can shine His light into. Invite him to be the nightlight in those rooms that you've deliberately kept him out of because he wants to be God with you in everything. He wants to live in the whole house, not just one corner. Let him shine his light into those rooms. He's safe and he's gentle like a nightlight. Thirdly, do some some things that will bring his light to others because God with us is not just God with you. It's God for everyone. You see, you can be a Florence Nightingale and you can bring that night light to others. And I'm not talking about a big vocation or a big idea about what your big calling is in life. I'm talking about practical little things like mowing the lawn for people. There's a lady down the road at the end of my street who loves chocolate eclairs, as in the big cream buns. And so every time I go to the Beechworth Bakery, I buy her one. And I just call her, I say, I'm coming down, I've got a chocolate eclair. She loves it. You know, and I don't have to say the words Jesus. Sometimes I might. How are you going to be a nightlight? Can you pray for people? Can you cook? Can you visit people? Can you have a coffee? Can you walk a dog? You can be a nightlight too. Remember, God with us as a nightlight. As a child, the God-man, as a king over all the kingdoms and as the spirit living on the inside.